At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with David Molnar, an American photographer who has worked with People Magazine, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, and many other great companies. We talk about his success, what it took to get to where he is now, his latest book, which is called Learning to See, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey, David. Welcome to Great Big Photography World podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey, thanks, Di. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here as well. My name is David Molnar. I'm a photographer and I live in the panhandle of Florida and I've uh, fumbled my way through photography for a couple decades now and have had the privilege to you know, do a lot of fun things and have a really blessed photography career. You have an amazing story and I look forward to diving into that later in this episode, but let's start with the launch of your new book, which is called Learning to See. Congratulations. What is it Thank about? You. What inspires you to write it? The book Learning to See walks you through the five steps to become a photographer. And in the end, it helps people turn pro. But, you know, people ask me, who is this book for? And, you know, what is it about? And I say it's for anyone who's interested in photography at all, whether it's for passion or profit. Because the first part of the book is helping photographers, you know, basically get inspired and learn the foundational skills that every photographer needs to know. The middle part of the book is helping photographers kind of develop and pursue a specific path, a specific niche in photography. So we help them pick that path and understand what options are available to them. And regardless of whether or not you want to go pro um, or just shoot photos just for yourself, just for the passion or the therapy of it, um, everyone needs to, everyone needs to learn how to you know, do photography from a foundational level, get really good at shooting and editing photos. And then they need to kind of pick a specific path like landscape photography or wildlife photography or wedding photography, et cetera. 
regardless of whether or not they want to actually make money or not. And then the fifth part of the book is optional. It's the part where we actually teach you how to start a legitimate business, book your first paying gigs, and then create raving fans from those first gigs that send you a lot of referrals, which kicks off your business and really makes you a legitimate professional photographer. That's amazing. It's clear that you put a lot of thought and effort into this book. How long did you write it? You know, it has been a three year journey. Um, you know, you know, just now it's been about three years. Uh, the first year was kind of dreaming, kind of planning. And then it's, it's about two good years of writing the actual book. And let me tell you, editing is such a beast of a project. Uh, I don't wish it on my worst enemy, but it's good. The book is a million times better because of the editing process, but it's tough. That's incredible. Wow. Three years. You need a lot of patience. <laughs> and a lot of coffee. Oh, and, uh, I can imagine. I had the had some time to read a few chapters in your book and I was very inspired by your story. And there were Oh cool. There were some things I came across that I didn't expect, like, you know, your personal journey with photography and how you got into it. And in your book there's a part in which you say that you often felt like an imposter uh, when oh, you were yeah. a beginner. And that's something people struggle with a lot. We photographers, we tend to feel this way quite often, especially if we're not too confident. We still don't know how to present ourselves to people. How can photographers overcome this nagging feeling? You know, that's a great question, Taya. I think if I'm honest, if we're honest, and like you, you're describing many photographers feel like that, um, I, would, I would take that a step further and say every photographer has experienced that in it may be for a long or prolonged period of time. We all feel like a fraud. We all feel like fakes because the truth is, you know, historically speaking, there's been no bar exam for photography. There's no one to give you that certification that's like, okay, now you're officially a photographer or now you're officially a wedding photographer and you are capable and qualified to do this. It's definitely been one of those journeys where this career path has been um, one of those things you kind of have to figure out on your own. And um, I remember what that felt like. That's one of the reasons why I was inspired to write this book and to, you know, create the online courses that I create in my membership community. But I, there was a point in my career where I was 19 years old and I experienced like a suffocating moment of feeling like a fraud. And there was a, there was a moment where I had to, even before, like, I felt like I was ready to proclaim myself as a photographer. I had to step up and own it and literally proclaim out loud, I'm David Molnar, the photographer. And one of the things we write about in the book is that you're not a photographer when someone pays you. That doesn't make you a photographer. You're not a photographer when someone else tells you that you're great or that you have beautiful photos or you start getting praise. There's all these moments where people think, oh, maybe I'm a professional photographer if I get certified or whatever it is. But I say you're a photographer when you say you are. So having the, you know, the, the audacity, the boldness to proclaim yourself as a photographer uh, is a pivotal moment in any photographer's career. And that doesn't mean that you've learned everything that you've arrived. Listen, I've been shooting photos professionally for almost two decades now, or I guess technically maybe like in a few months, I can say two decades. And there's still moments where 
you know, even 10 years into the process where I felt like a fraud. I remember getting hired by Pepsi, you know, and doing a photo shoot for Pepsi. And I'm, this is after I've had photos featured in the New York times and on Mountain Dew cans and in people magazine and all these different places that I'm really proud of, but there was, I'm like, I'm getting hired for this next big photo shoot, whether it's for Google or if it's for Pepsi or whatever it was, I'm 10 years into my career with kind of a good track record in history. And I still felt like, Hey, this is the moment when I'm going to be discovered as a fake, as a fraud. Like this is the moment they're going to figure out that I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just pretending to do it. You know? And you know, the truth is, because that's the way we feel, even after we have success, um, you know, even after we have a little bit of a track record, it's still one of those things where it's hard to, you know, it's hard to reconcile that with yourself that, that you, you, you are legitimate and that you are an amazing photographer. And the truth is, you know, to answer your question, like how do photographers get over that? Um, I think it's a matter of stepping up. I think it's a matter of calling yourself a photographer and proclaiming it to the world that you are a photographer and then acting that out and walking it out. And when you do that enough, when you, um, when you start having some early success, it adds a little notch in the belt of your confidence and you start feeling a little bit more legitimate. And then you keep on doing that every single time. I had a mentor earlier in my creative career and he said it was important to try to amaze yourself every single day. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, that means do something you're scared to do. Do something you don't know how to do and then work your butt off on it. And, you know, if you can crush it or at least check the box like you did it. And what happens is when you do something you don't know how to do and you do it successfully, even if it's a moderate success, you start gaining a confidence and a belief in yourself that you can do anything. And so that's what photographers have to do because there's no, you know, historically speaking, there's been no clear path for photographers to, you know, pursue their, their dream and become legitimate. You have to gain that confidence step by step. And I can, you know, I can tell you, like, I've been there. I understand how scary that is to make that leap. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that advice. I think it's very important definitely to look within and not to always seek external validation because that will usually make you dependent on other people's opinions, which is not always very good. And so it's important to believe in right. yourself first and foremost and to take those steps forward to amaze yourself. So when was the last time that you amazed yourself? Ooh, I did a photo shoot for a, um, for a band called Mercy Me in this, uh, in my new studio, um, you know, a few weeks prior to the recording of this episode. And it was one of those things where I hadn't done a legitimate album cover shoot for a record label in a couple of years. Cause I've been focusing on writing this book and mentoring other photographers. And it, there was a moment where I was like, can I still do this? Can I still pull this off? How crazy is that? I've shot, you know, hundreds of album covers and they've sold tens of millions of copies. And I still felt like, man, I hope I, I hope I still have what it takes. But we did the shoot and the photos turned out incredible. And I felt like, wow, like I, I did something and we tried some new photography tricks and and some different things. And it was it was the first time I've amazed myself um, in a little while. 
That's really exciting. I'm sure you had a lot of fun and I can relate to that feeling of taking a break for photography, focusing on other things and then having to take photos again, especially if it's for a client and just feeling all that self-doubt for a few minutes and wondering if I can do it. I think that <laughs> kick in, you know, your skills are always going to be there. Your creativity is always going to be there. You just have to have the confidence to move forward. Well, and just to add, just to add to that thought, like I agree with everything you just said, the, um, you know, when you put all that time, that effort and that practice into photography, it becomes like muscle memory. And even though maybe if it's been a long time since you've shot or shot professionally, you might feel a little bit rusty or whatever it is. As soon as I started shooting, everything started clicking back, you know, because I, I had that muscle memory. I knew, I mean, I never doubted that I could control the camera or my lighting or whatever it was from a technical perspective, because that stuff like is ingrained in me. But just, you know, for me, it's talking to clients, it's making them feel comfortable, it's dealing with celebrities, it's dealing with the record label execs and with the art directors and the wardrobe stylists and the makeup artists and <clears throat> all the people on the set. And it's making sure that I still have what it takes to control and wrangle the chaos that is, you know, a big production photo shoot day. And, you know, all of that stuff came flooding back because I had put the time in, you know, in the past couple of decades of practicing, working my butt off and trying to do my best to perfect my craft, even though I'm not perfect. That's right. Yeah. It must be very motivating to feel that way about yourself and to know that even if you do take a break, as we mentioned earlier, that it's going to be okay when you come back everything will kick in and you'll know exactly what to do and how to handle people and how to take great photographs as well. Yeah. You mentioned, you've mentioned a lot of your achievements from working with different huge companies and celebrities. And I think that once you get to a point where you work with all these huge companies, you are, you can be very openly proud about your achievements. But I'm curious to know, I'm sure that every experience that you had was, was unique with all these companies and these celebrities. So which of these achievements has had the biggest effect on you in your career? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there, you know, there's been a lot of moments where I had photos featured, um, you know, in American Idol and People magazine and New York Times and um, Pepsi cans and Mountain Dew cans and on billboards and all these things that honestly I'm, I'm really proud of. And, you know, this, as this kid that never went to college and had to kind of fumble my way through learning photography, these, you know, achievements or these moments in my career were kind of just astounding to me. I, I could not believe these things were happening to me, um, to, you know, this little surfer boy that, you know, is just trying his best to be a photographer, you know, and especially in those early years, pretending you know, to be, you know, <laughs> proclaiming that I was and trying to walk it out. But there was a specific moment in um, where I had an opportunity to shoot an album cover for a major record label band. The band was called Skillet and they um, they had had a, several records at that point, but they they had this new album coming out. The album was called Awake and I got the opportunity to photograph that album cover. But before I tell you about what happened after that, I need you to understand at what happened in the previous 10 years prior to that. I had been working my butt off, assisting other photographers, getting the coffee for all the people on the shoot, like the wardrobe stylist and the makeup. I was the lowest person on the totem pole. I was the third or fourth assistant. So if someone needed to go carry a bunch of sandbags, that was me. If someone needed to scrub the toilet because someone just blew it up, like that was me. Someone, the person that would stay late and sweep up the studio afterwards, 
that was me. The person that would hold the light stand um, up above my head in the middle of the field, way far away from all the action, that was me. And it was interesting because I remember getting coffee for all these different art directors and celebrities and different people. And then later on in my career, and they didn't remember me. And then it's funny because later on in my career, I was, you know, the, the photographer that they were hiring and they had no recollection of, you know, that time when I was the one getting them coffee, you know, or cleaning up the toilets after them. So I had spent, you know, like a decade, you know, kind of working my butt off, trying to build a portfolio doing these freelance gigs, assisting other photographers. I was shooting, traveling and shooting weddings, trying to get experience and pay my bills. But my dream was to shoot album covers. You know, I lived in Nashville and I wanted to shoot album covers that millions of people would see. That was my dream. And I had done all of these, you know, strategic moves, or at least I was, you know, doing what I thought I, you know, could do, like assisting other photographers and trying to watch what they do and learn lighting. And then doing all sorts of test shoots for indie artists and, um, you know, anyone who would let me take their picture, I pretty much did a, a free shoot for them or, or whatever, trying to build connections and portfolio stuff. And eventually I started getting, you know, a couple of, a couple of like, uh, indie bands to allow me to take their pictures and they'd pay me a little bit of money here or there. And then there was this moment where, like I said, 10 years down the line where the band Skillet gave me the opportunity to photograph their album cover. And, and actually what happened is, um, they had one of their band members uh, transition out. They were getting a new drummer, and and this was before they were their new album was coming out. And they just needed a quick, like kind of a reshoot of um, a new press image to show that they had a new band member. And so that was a lower budget opportunity or a lower budget shoot. And they were basically just like, this is the stakes aren't high. This is not the album cover. We just need a new press photo. And, you know, I had some contacts with the, the band manager and, and, some, and some stuff. So they gave me the opportunity to do this low pressure reshoot. And so I did that and they loved it. And from that um, reshoot where it was for the press shot, they gave me the opportunity to photograph their album cover. And then this was a big budget. This was a 20 something thousand dollar photo shoot. And it was, you know, to me, who's like, you know, coming off being broke. This was a huge huge opportunity. I poured my heart and soul probably for, you know, a, a month straight trying to prep for the shoot and, uh, and then all the post-production, everything afterwards. And the band loved the photos. We crushed it. It was with a big record label called Atlantic records based in New York city. And then the, the, the album went on to sell over 2 million copies. And even though I had been working my butt off for a decade at this point, all of the sudden, the record labels and the art directors like knew my name. They were like, who is this guy, David Molnar, who just arrived overnight? And I'm kind of like, sure I did. I've been, I've been serving you coffee for five years. You just don't remember that stuff. And uh, so that moment when I got to photograph the album cover for Skillet changed my life because all of a sudden, record labels, art directors, advertising agencies started calling, you know, my, my phone started ringing at that point. And then the photos were in tons of different places, you know, whether it was on billboard or on iTunes or all sorts of things. Um, so that was a pivotal moment that changed my life, which paved the way for me to have those other opportunities like getting featured on American Idol and people magazine and all these other places. But that was a incredible moment for me that, um, you know, people thought I was an overnight success and I'm like, Oh, Oh friends, if you only knew the real story. 
Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. That's an amazing story, and I'm so happy that you had that opportunity. And I think it proves that even if you do have a lower budget photo shoot, as you mentioned, as you initially had with them, you still right. need to do your best. You still need to leave a good impression, even if you're not getting paid a lot, because then that will might lead to an even bigger opportunity if they love working with you even if they don't guarantee that at the beginning it might turn into a huge opportunity that might change your career and your life so yeah I, absolutely i just to add to that like i can't tell you how many countless times i've poured my heart into doing a shoot that was a a favor for mm -hmm. someone whether it was free whether it was a free shoot or whether it was you know, some sort of favor. And those favors have paid dividends over the years and really have been, really have been the thing that has built my career. Yeah, networking is very important. Having these connections that you work with, that you are kind to, that you're compassionate with. Uh, I think that's an important part of being a photographer. And of course, you shouldn't let people walk all over you, but you should also give people the opportunity to make use of your services, especially as a beginner. I think beginners can definitely benefit from this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like you said, not do something like half-heartedly. You want to, every, every single time you do a shoot, give it your all, 190%, you know, give it everything you've got. Don't half-A it, you know, like do the best job that you possibly can. And don't ever be afraid to run out of ideas. I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to do that idea for this free shoot or whatever. I want to save that cool idea for something else. Like once you start um, you know, once you start the process, new ideas, new and better ideas like come, like they just keep on rolling, they keep on coming in. So don't be afraid to do your best work every single time, regardless of how much they're paying for the shoot. Right. Yeah, that's great advice. 
Well, so you had that photo shoot with Skillet and it blew up and people that you used to work for as an assistant suddenly started to know your name and they were aware of you. And how did you go from there? I mean, I know you got a lot of opportunities, of course, but I think in many situations like this, in other people's lives, they feel overwhelmed because they don't know what invitations to accept, who to work with. Uh, maybe they wait for too long and it runs its course and they run out of opportunities. Like, how did you make sure that you got into a steady flow with these opportunities? So, um, you know, keep in mind, I'd already been like a decade into trying to build my business, you know, and, you know, it was a slow build at this point. So the the skillet photo shoot was really a momentum shift. It was not my first photo shoot. I had been practicing and working my butt off for a long time at that point. <clears throat> but what I tried to do is capitalize on the momentum as much as possible and, um, you know, share from the heart. This was a long time ago. This is probably... 12 or 13 years ago when this, maybe not, yeah, probably 12 or 13 years ago when the Skillet album came out. It was 2008 or 2009, something like that. And um, and I remember just sharing from my heart, like, oh my gosh, guys, I can't believe, I can't believe that this has happened, but this photo that I took is on the, you know, the very front of iTunes or on the cover of Billboard magazine or whatever it was that, at the time. And when you share from the heart, it's one of those things where people can't help, but your friends, your family, your colleagues, um, you know, any fans that you have for your photography journey or, you know, patrons, they'll be so proud to know you, especially when you're, you're not bragging, but you're sharing from the heart. And, you know, I remember, I remember people being like, holy cow, my friend David Molnar shot this, the, you know, this photo that was featured in X place. And they're just genuinely happy for you. And that helps kind of the, your name get spread you know, out there. But, um, I, th I think, I think doing that and trying to keep the momentum up. And then also just the thing, like we talked about earlier, when people feel like an imposter, if you feel like an imposter and you're not projecting out to the world that you are a photographer, guess what? No one's going to want to get behind you and refer you. Okay. If you're, um, you know, we use the example in the book, like if you're laying on the, on the, you know, in a hospital bed and you need open heart surgery and you have the guy coming in that is part-time plumber and part-time surgeon, like you don't want that guy operating on you, right? You want someone who's all in. And so I remember from an early time in my career, I started proclaiming to the world, I am a photographer and everyone that ever came in contact with me, I bring my camera to coffee shops and sit on the table. People, I'd talk to people about how I was a photographer and how I shoot bands, even before I was maybe even a legitimate band photographer, right? Everyone that I came in contact with knew I was a photographer. And this was, you know, even before I had a lot of success. But what happened is when people know that you're hundred percent all in, they'll put, they'll like, they'll back you up. They'll want to help you get there because, you know, as Earl Nightingale talks about, you know, the way to achieve greatness is to have a definiteness of purpose, you know, um, a definiteness of purpose to pursue a worthy goal. And for us who are photographers, how much more of a worthy goal than making a living doing something that we love, you know, giving back to the world, creating art and getting paid adequately, you know, for that. So I would project out into the world that I was a photographer. And my friends and family wanted to get behind, wanted to hitch their wagon to, you know, to someone who was going places. And so if someone believes that you're going places, 
then they'll refer you. But if you're like, ah, I don't know, I'm kind of a photographer, I'm kind of half in, I'm not really sure, then if you don't, if you don't display that confidence, then no one's going to want to like refer you. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to refer you if they're not sure if you're going to succeed. But if you are going to succeed, then heck yeah, they'll, they'll talk, they'll sing your praises and they'll help you keep that momentum going. I love that. Attitude is definitely very important. If you feel insecure, then people are going to sense it and it might affect you negatively. Yeah. You've worked with so many people as a photographer and as a mentor. I think that learning from professional photographers is important. You said earlier in this interview that you had a mentor uh, at the beginning of your journey, and I also had a mentor when I started out. As you say in your book description, it can shave years off the learning curve because you're learning from someone's wisdom, you know what to avoid, what to expect. Yeah. At what point should a photographer consider getting a mentor? As soon as possible. Like, as soon as freaking possible is the actual answer to that. Um, but you know, like for me, you know, with a lot of photographers, we, we feel, and I know I felt this way, we were like stumbling through the beginning of like not knowing where to start, not knowing what are the first steps, not knowing if you have a good photo or bad photo, not knowing what makes a good photo, not knowing what makes a good edit or not having a good edit. And it's awesome to be able to have, you know, courses like, you know, photographycourse.net or, um, or whatever, and be able to, you know, follow photographers who have experience that can show you step by step the journey, the path, you know? So regardless of where you get your mentorship, it is absolutely essential that you get a mentor, whether it's a virtual mentor or a, you know, photographer that you can assist in person in your, in your hometown. Like it is absolutely essential that you get a mentor to start learning from, you know, right away. And, you know, bringing it back to the book, that's exactly why I wrote the book, because there's a lot of people that are, you know, in places where they don't know a photographer or there's no photographer that's willing to let them assist or intern under them or to, you know, a lot of photographers don't share their secrets. We, we say that in the back of the book, like a lot of photographers feel like if they've earned this status of being a professional photographer through years of, you know, blood, sweat and tears, they don't want to share their secrets. I feel the exact opposite. I remember what it was like to stumble through the dark and, you know, try to figure out photography on my own. And I remember thinking if I ever become you know, a quote, successful photographer and learn all of these lessons. I want to help other photographers pursue their dreams with less heartache in less time and have a clear path for them to go through, you know? So when should you get a mentor right away? And in the book, we talk about the five steps that photographers, um, you know, every photographer needs to go through. I don't think I've mentioned that, but the steps are first learning to see like a photographer. And that's twofold. That means learning to see yourself as a photographer, believing that you're a photographer, that you could be the photographer that you dream of being. And then it's actually learning how to see the types of photos that you want to create. See these photos in your head, you know, and in the book, we show you a lot of examples of how to start seeing, you know, developing an eye for photography. The next part is learning how to shoot like a professional. So shooting in manual mode, feeling confident with your camera that you can create those images that you do see in your head. And then the next part is editing, learning how to edit and organize your photos like a professional. You know, a lot of photographers struggle with not knowing if their photos are cheesy in the way that they're editing, if they look professional or not. And we walk you through exactly how to get professional edits every single time, as well as organizing and backing up your photos. And then the next part 
is develop. Develop in the specialty of your choice. Every photographer should pursue a direction, whether it's wedding photography or wildlife photography or headshot photography. It doesn't matter. You have to pick a direction and start developing your expertise in that specialty. You can always pivot later if you decide, hey, weddings aren't for me. I want to switch to family portraits or I want to switch to real estate photography. But you got to start moving, right? And the final part is earn. That's how you start a legitimate business. And so, you know, for the first time that I know of, there's a clear path laid out for photographers to go from zero to booking their first paid gigs and beyond. And that's exactly what we've written about in the book. So regardless of where you find your mentor, whether it's in my book, Learning to See, or in other places um, like with photographycourse.net, um, you, you know, you need to get a mentor as soon as possible to help you get there faster and avoid all the heartache and the trial and error that I had to go through and so many other photographers have to go through. That's incredible. I love all the things that you highlighted in your book. And I read a few of those points when I was going through your book. And I think that your, what you wrote is solid wisdom for anyone. As you said yourself at the beginning of this interview, I think it's the perfect mentor for anyone who wants to start a business or feel confident as a photographer. And it's amazing that we have these opportunities to teach in different ways through courses, through videos, through articles, through books. It's fantastic that if, if somebody in today's age wants to become a confident photographer, then they have so many options. It's very uplifting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I, I wish that I'd had the opportunities and the cameras and the mentorship that is now available to, to aspiring photographers 20 years ago when I was starting out. That would have been nice. Yeah, I think that would have been really nice. Teaching photography is vastly different to taking photographs, of course, because you kind of learn from your students as you go. As a mentor, what have you learned about photography that surprised you? You know, what's interesting is um, I've heard it said that, um, you know, the best way to learn something is to teach something. And there's been a lot of a lot of moments where I'm like, there's things that I just do in photography that, you know, I instinctively have you know, done over the years. And when I was trying to figure out um, how to teach these things, I learned like, oh, this is why that works. Because I've, you know, this is why the light looks great in this situation, but similar lighting in this other situation doesn't look great, you know? So it's actually made me become a better photographer, in my opinion, from teaching it. Because I think the best way to learn something is really to teach it. And not that I was a fraud or didn't know how to teach, you know, didn't know photography before, but when you have to teach something step by step, and that's what I try to do is make things as easy as possible for students to learn, um, you kind of, you kind of become more of a master at whatever it is that the subject is that you're teaching. Yeah, I totally understand that. This is unrelated to photography, but I think in anything that you do, whether it's language exchange or photography, for me, I exchange languages with people sometimes. And having to explain to them certain things in English makes me think about the language from a completely different perspective. I'm like often confused and, and astounded by the power of language and how I take it for granted. And I think the same applies to photography, where you get used to doing things a certain way. And it becomes very intuitive to you. But when you have to teach it to people, you are amazed by all the things that need to come together to create this one intuitive feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. A big part of your book covers the business of photography. As you said earlier, what's something that every photographer should know when it comes to building a business? 
You know, depending on what your country, um, what country you live in or what state you live in, if you're in the United States, there's all sorts of different rules and regulations. And I, I remember just not starting my business legitimately in the beginning and it really biting me in the butt. Um, especially when it comes to paying taxes and all sorts of things. And that stuff is not super fun to talk about. Like it's not like the subjects that photographers are really like anxious to be like, I can't wait to pay my taxes. I can't wait to start a legitimate business and file all the correct paperwork with the government. But I wish I had known exactly what I needed to do so that I didn't fumble my way through years of you know, not paying my taxes correctly and then having a big bill at the end of the year. So one of the things that I think every photographer needs to know is how to legitimately start a business. And that's one of the things we cover in part five of the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great answer. And yeah, it's definitely not a fun topic for photographers, but it's very important depending on where you live. And yeah, it's something you have to be aware of to have a smooth and successful experience as a photographer. You have to take care of these things. Yeah, that's right. You do. Unfortunately, taxes are... The only things that are guaranteed in life are death and taxes, and you got to pay them. <laughs> That's right. David, I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think, I, I, so I have this big audacious dream that I've been like, you know, kind of afraid. I feel like an imposter and a fraud for like saying it out loud, right? But I, I have a dream of helping a million aspiring photographers pursue their dreams a million people which is a mind-blowing number and i'm like i said i'm kind of embarrassed to say it out loud because it's such an audacious goal but that's that's my goal that's why i wrote this book i didn't write this book to to make money um all of the money that we got from the publisher we put back into writing the book and creating the amazing bonuses that come along with it and i'm um, trying to you know get this project out there is because i want to help photographers avoid the heartache and the frustrations that I had to go through. So my goal, my audacious goal in this big photography world is to help a million photographers pursue their dreams. I think it's a great goal and you shouldn't feel like a fraud. It's very generous. It's amazing that you're focusing outwardly and you're focusing on other people and you want to help them. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you for David, that affirmation. David, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had so much fun finding out about your book and your journey. You really have an amazing life as a photographer and as a person, and I appreciate the time you took to share your tips with the listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. It was an honor to, to hang out with you for a little bit, and, um, and that was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I really enjoyed speaking with David and finding out about his book writing process and his experiences with different musicians and big companies. I like that he's so positive when it comes to his journey, and I hope that his perspective inspires you to think more positively about your own life as a photographer. If you'd like to join this conversation, make sure to join our online photography community. It's completely free to join. If you have any questions for David, or if you just want to share your general thoughts on this episode, please make sure to join us and to let us know what you think. We love hearing from you. See you next week. 
There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.